Welcome to the Authority Podcast, Plumbing and Mechanical. When talking about the built environment, we would do well to remember, we shape our buildings and afterwards our buildings shape us. Therefore, on each episode, we'll discuss the latest trends from my Atmo in plumbing and mechanical safety, sustainability, and resiliency. Join me, your host, Christoph Lohr, and together we'll explore the ways we can make our buildings shape us for the better. Water is facing alarming stress levels in the U.S. from drought and drinking water pollution, but outdated policies and inefficient use of water resources leave us vulnerable to a future where safe drinking water scarcity can no longer be ignored. On today's podcast, we speak with Pete Munoz, Eco District's AP Senior Engineer and Practice Lead at Biohabitats, about how the state of Oregon successfully implemented water recycling policies to ensure sustainable water management for generations to come. Here's our discussion. Pete, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, talk about this stuff. Pete, I'm really excited to talk about this stuff too, uh, especially because it's a new topic for me as, a, as an engineer, uh, not having done many water reuse systems. And so you know, with that, I would love to learn kind of about water recycling 101 for myself and for our audience. You know, there's, there's so many terms out there, water recycling, water reuse, water reclamation. Can you give us a high level overview of, of what they mean and if they all mean the same thing? Sure. I mean, generally, there's no formal standard between water reuse or reclamation or recycling. Although the terms are used in different industries. So water reclamation is generally thought of as municipal scale water reuse. Water recycling or water reuse are kind of used across the field. I mean, we generally talk about stuff with municipal scale, residential scale, and then kind of decentralized, you know, a scale in between. Those are the, the three levels. So it sounds like when you're talking about scale, there's some differences in terms of water recycling. And so maybe from homes versus commercial buildings? Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that just a little bit? Primarily, it's a regulatory question. So, you know, homes have a different set of rules. As you get into more commercial spaces and larger flows, they're regulated differently. And then, you know, as you increase, you get into larger, more municipal scale. And so, you know, there are really kind of three different levels of policy and codes that we have to understand when we're doing um, uh, water reuse. Gotcha. And, and you mentioned rules, you know, and rules are, are normally, you know, in terms of the building are always about keeping us safe. So what are some of the common and safest uses for recycled water that you're aware of? Yeah. So primarily we look at um, water reuse indoors and outdoors. And so outdoors, we're looking at either irrigation or as a, a cooling makeup water for cooling towers. And on the irrigation side, there's both irrigation that's subsurface, which usually has one set of rules and irrigation that's like spray irrigation, which has another set of rules. You wanna be a little more protective when you're spraying water you know, into the air. And then indoors, we're primarily looking at toilet flushing. Um, there's also some smaller reuse where it's like self-priming floor traps, but mostly we're talking about toilet flushing when we're looking at inside a building. That makes sense. So you know, a lot of times I think people imagine with water reuse, you know, I think the term is uh, toilet to tap. And I know there's always that gross factor, even though like things like the space station, as I've come to learn, right. they recycle all the water right there. Right. But generally speaking, it seems like industry right now, we're talking tap to toilet, I guess, in terms of water reuse. Yeah. You know, I think water treatment has advanced a ton in the last two decades. So we can kind of do anything, like you said, you know, the space shuttle, you know, treats all of his ways to basically drink. And we could do that here in Oregon, but maybe that's not the most appropriate. And so a lot of water reuse is trying to figure out what is the most appropriate source to treat and reuse to the most appropriate demand. So we're all trying to balance those supply and demands. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So 
Are there any best practices then for monitoring and inspecting water recycling installations and, and, and how can policymakers govern installations and installer standards efficiently and effectively? Yeah, so we need codes and IMO We Stand Code is a great example of looking at a risk-based framework, which does look at where is water coming from and what are the risks from that source and how do we treat it to be a safe supply for the demands that we have. And so like just on the monitoring side, we have now um, some sophistication around water monitoring where we have real-time monitoring. We're looking at clarity of water, rigidity of water in milliseconds to know this is the quality that we're sending out to our end user and you know it's safe. Um, so there's things like that that really help us in the, in the water industry feel good about the designs that we're doing. That makes sense. And, and I guess... From the plumbing perspective, you know, oftentimes we talk about credentials uh, or licenses, and like in my case, being a PE, uh, but credentials to doing work. You know, are there any necessary installer standards or credentials for water recycling systems? You know, is there anything policymakers should do to ensure that water recycling system installers are qualified and competent, or is that not so much the case? Yeah, interestingly, there's not a lot of rules around who it is to install. There are rules about, you know, kind of who designs stuff. Um, and there are rules about who operates stuff, but not so much on the installer end. With some exceptions, with uh, certain county-level codes, when you work on a residential system, if you purchase one particular type of treatment system, they may want uh, someone that's certified with that particular vendor to commission and, and operate the system. Um, but by and large, you know, installers don't have a certification. Okay, okay. That's really good to know. Um, so obviously you're, you talk a lot about your experience, right? And, you know, and your expertise in this matter. Can you share us a success story you know, of a project that successfully implemented water recycling? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, maybe one quick is there's an affordable housing project by CORE in, in Bend, Oregon, five home project. And what they did is they used Oregon's gray water code and put in a tier one, which is kind of the simplest water reuse system. And what's great about that is it uses zero energy. It funnels shower and sink water into the landscape uh, passively. And so it's just kind of an easy, no-brainer reuse. Oregon officials make it really easy to both permit it and renew their permit just by a simple annual report. Um, it's very cost-effective. And so we need more rules like that that allow easy reuse. And maybe on the flip side, a more complicated system is the PAE living building in downtown Portland, where we're doing some innovative things. So we have composting toilets that are treating waste from a five-story office building. Uh, we're uh, diverting urine and processing that to make fertilizer. And so that was something that was successfully permitted. But I would say that newer regulations like the We Stand would make that process much easier. Um, it was definitely a challenge with some of the you know, when that was permitted a couple of years ago, it was much more costly and challenging to permit than it would be nowadays. You know, before I ask my last question, that's a good point you bring up there at the end. Um, definitely need to say thanks to our friends at PAE for putting me in touch uh, with you. John Lansing, you know, good friend uh, and business associate of mine, put us in touch and, and um, you know, talking about that PAE living building challenge, a uh, really interesting book on that topic and then, you know, very aware of your system there, uh, which was really impressive. But you bring up a good point there right at the end. And I guess my last question is, you know, you talk about standards and streamlining some of this process. I'm assuming that's maybe part of the advice you would give policymakers or HJs 
aiming to implement water recycling standards in their community. We talked a little bit before the show about you know plumbing and, and water quality, and, and, and now we're first like we're kind of finally starting to mix a little bit. It, it sounds like there's a lot of, of hurdles to jump over, hoops to jump through, and 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 streamlining that, and and, and closer collaboration of, of things like standards, plumbing standards, and environmental quality controls is maybe needed. Uh, can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, I think how most states have dealt with water reuse is they'll tackle one little aspect. And so you'll see a, a state or jurisdiction say, we're going to pass a gray water code to be able to reuse at this one scale. And that's been great. But if you look at the state of Oregon, you know, they passed a gray water rule that had, you know, three tiers of complexity, depending on how big the system was, about 10 years ago. And in the entire state, there's been two permitted systems in the top two tiers of gray water systems. So very little implementation. And so, you know, I think what we need is more comprehensive rules that cover a variety of scales and a variety of water reuse that simplify both the regulatory and the process for installing and and, uh, monitoring and, and maintaining. I mean, we need policy like that to make it easy. We also need engineers and designers to actually, you know, try to do some of this stuff. And you know, the regulators are only learning about complications when people are trying to permit stuff and we learn from our mistakes. And so we need to not be afraid to to try water reuse. I love that answer. And it really kind of encompasses, you know, sort of this nexus point that is merging between very different worlds, it seems like. So, you know, we're talking a little bit about sort of the challenges now that are going on and have gone on in the past. You know, learned a lot from you today, Pete. Would love to have you on the podcast again here sometime in the near future. What do you think you'd be talking about the next time that you came on? Um, well, we could talk about all sorts of fun stuff. I mean, you know, the PAE building has some unique things in it that are worth unpacking. The urine separation and processing for reuse is is one thing. And, you know, that's that's something that's outlined in the We Stand Code, right? So they have clear guidance of how you should do that. And, you know, once that gets rolled out and adopted, Things like the PAE building, you know, won't be that scary to, to kind of tackle. Awesome. Well, Pete, on behalf of IATMO and the Authority Podcast Plumbing Mechanical, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me this morning, taking time out of your busy schedule, and uh, look forward to future conversations with you. Cheers. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Authority Podcast, Plumbing and Mechanical. Love this episode of the podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Please follow us on Twitter at AuthorityPM, on Instagram at The Authority Podcast, or email us at iatmo at iatmo.org. Join us next time for another episode of The Authority Podcast, Plumbing and Mechanical. In the meantime, let's work together to make our buildings more resilient and shape us for the better.